spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Well, we know three things about the college football national championship game. Number one, Ohio State's not playing in it. Number two, Michigan is. Then number three, Washington is. It's Washington against Michigan, and they will both be in the Big Ten starting next season. So you could say it's technically, uh, you know, the future is bright for the Big Ten, right? At least uh, the two teams that are playing this year will be in the same conference next year, and we'll see if the Buckeyes somehow, some way, can get back to that. So we figured, you know what, let's reach out to our good buddy Tim may who does a fantastic job if you follow him on twitter at tim underscore may sports at lettermanrow.com he's got his own podcast out there uh all kind of stuff on on the uh, internet we wanted to pick his brain about where we are in the world of college football tim happy new year thanks for joining us how are you today roadmaster i'm feeling great man i'm feeling great and uh it's always fun to be on whbc well, we always appreciate you making time for us here on the Kenny and JT Show. And let's start with what happened most recently, and that was last night, Tim. They're, they're calling it the two greatest uh, college football playoff semifinal games, uh, you know, since they incorporated the college football playoff back in 2014 when the Buckeyes won it. Give me your thoughts on what you saw yesterday in the Rose Bowl uh, and in the Sugar Bowl. Two great games. Uh, the teams that won weren't. Uh, weren't supposed to win based on sentiment, even though the two teams that won were the top two seeds, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And uh, what I saw was guys making plays when he needed to make plays from uh, Michael Penix Jr. to the Washington defense to the Michigan defense. Uh, the interesting thing about that, you know, last play from Alabama, I just I don't know. You get all the way mm-hmm. to what you know is the last play of your season from the standpoint of you to make this play or you go home. Obviously, if Alabama had scored a touchdown and kicked the extra point, it would have gone to a second overtime. But my point is, that's your play? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and the funny thing about it was the Michigan defensive uh, end pushed an Alabama blocker back it wasn't really the middle of the line that made the play the the guy on the edge pushed the blocker back and michael uh uh jaylen milrow tripped over his leg and you're you know and you're kind of going wow all kinds of things could have gone wrong on that play and that was probably the first of them <laughs> but uh i think two great teams are going to play in this game as i told you guys i think last week i think i was on with you guys before the uh uh cotton bowl which we'll talk about in a right. minute, I'm sure, right? But uh, yeah. uh, I voted Michael Penix Jr. my number one. He was my number one vote vote on my Heisman Trophy ballot. And I think everybody in the world who evidently, a lot of people weren't paying attention during the season, saw why I thought he was the best player in the country on maybe the best team. That'll be known here in about, what, uh, six days. But uh, Michael Penix Jr. is the real deal. He had great stats along with uplifting a team like you wouldn't believe. And uh, so I felt really good. Smug. I think smug was more the word. But I did not want to see an Alabama-Texas rematch. We've already seen that play. 
Tim, I couldn't agree with you more about Michael Penix Jr. After watching him last night, some of the throws that that he made and take him off that team, and they're a two-three loss team in my opinion. Um, and so for me, uh, it's about winning uh, and uplifting your team. And I know you know the kid from LSU did did a hell of a job. The stats were ridiculous, but uh, I'm with you. And Michael Penix Jr. While uh, you know. Is he deserving of the Heisman? Yes, but I think he would trade the Heisman if he could win the national championship against Michigan. How good do you think his chance is with that team going up against Jim Harbaugh's defense uh, and, and an offense that's obviously led by their ground game at Michigan? Yeah, number one, I think he'd take both in a heartbeat. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, but, but I digress. You know, I do this thing with Urban Meyer every week during the season called Urban's Take with Tim May, subtitle. And... Uh, uh, our pre-bowl thing a week and a half ago was I, I just I kept reiterating with him all year how much I like Michael Penix Jr. and they find a way. You know, Washington finds a way. There, there's a knack to that, and there's a confidence to that that is, I think, obvious to everybody. Michigan, the last uh, several games, has found a way. I keep reminding people they beat Ohio State by six points, not sixty. You know, and uh, or even sixteen. But they found a way uh, to make a play when it mattered, both offensively and defensively. So anybody who counts Washington out now uh, is an, is not bright. I almost said a bad word, then I almost said another bad word. But I changed it to not bright. Uh, bottom line is, I was listening. It's funny how people forget, uh, Road Warrior. It's funny how people forget. But uh, they were talking on uh, – Something I was watching late last night after the games were over. I was, I'm still down here in Texas. I spent the last three days with my uh, brother and uh, his, my baby brother, who's 66, <laughs> and his wife at his uh, weekend ranch house in uh, right outside Lagrange, Texas, down between Houston and Austin. And Houston and Austin. I just wanted to let you know where I was, you know. And uh, the point is, I'm watching these shows, and they're talking about all these close games that. That Washington has won and found a way. Never seen anything like that. I go, well, don't you remember the 2002? I'm saying this to the television as it's talking. Mm-hmm. Don't you remember the 2002 Ohio State football team that, for all intents and purposes, should never have been there but won the national championship? All that matters right. is do you have more points than the other team when the game's over, you know? And uh, Washington uh, has found a way. And, uh, and, and it's exciting, too. I mean, they, they didn't beat Oregon once. They beat Oregon twice. Right. You know? And uh, they just beat Texas, who a lot of people thought was the hottest team maybe coming into this thing. But come to find out, they outscored them, and that's all that matters. Tim, I don't know if Alabama takes Michigan for granted last night, but I'm not going to say that. But I know the knock on Ohio State the last couple of years was we may have been out physical by that team up north, and that wasn't the case this year. So, I mean, if, if you're looking for something to good to take out of this Ohio State program and a team that wins 11 games this season, they were as physical and could stay on the field with a team like Michigan and, and for all intents and purposes, had a chance to maybe put that team away at the end of that game. Where do we go yeah, from? I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the point that was the point that was not proven was the Cotton Bowl and then the, uh, and then the Peach Bowl were – Ohio State scored three points and got beat fourteen to three. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it was, shouldn't have been a shell of the team it was in the regular season uh, offensively, but it was. It was stunning. I mean, of course, when your quarterback gets hurt, uh, 
uh, halfway through the first half, you're not going to be really good because he's your backup quarterback to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All these things. We can talk about that in a minute. Right. But, uh, but what, Alabama, what Ohio State showed was uh, just uh, defensively, you know, I think Ohio State could play with anybody that's left uh, and anybody who was in the, uh, the the top four of the college football playoff. You're exactly right. And But the point is, Ohio State and Penn State didn't do a very good job of promoting the Big Ten. But Washington and Michigan did. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, Washington's coming in. And, uh, you know, you're, you're probably not going to hear this a lot from ESPN, which is, uh pretty much sold its soul to be the, uh, the proprietor of the uh, – broadcast rights for for the southeastern conference but you're not going to probably hear a big promotion about the fact that uh these two teams are going to be in the same league same league next year uh but uh just like they probably would have been purporting the fact that uh alabama and texas were going to be in the same league next year if you follow my drift Mm -hmm. I got you. I, I feel you on that, Tim, and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, their coverage. And uh, I'm sure we'll hear the, well, Georgia, should they be playing, uh, you know, uh, should they have been one of the four teams in there playing? And say, Well, uh, we'll see how ESPN elects to, to handle that next week uh, on Monday, 730. It'll be Washington against Alabama. I want to get back to Ohio, or excuse me, Washington, Michigan, uh, and Alabama yeah. is out. Um, I, I want to get back to Ohio State offensively, quarterback-wise, Tim. I, I watched... Uh, for this reason, and I normally don't watch meaningless bowl games, and I think most of the games uh, are meaningless. Now, next year we're expanding to 12, so they'll mean more. But I I wanted to see quarterback play after watching Ohio State's quarterback play uh, be so inept uh, in that, uh, you know, uh, game against Missouri. How can a school that has a top-five recruiting class like Ohio State not have a quarterback, whether it's the second or third team guy, to step in and play and be able to put up uh, at least one touchdown in a bowl game against Missouri, who's probably you know the fourth or fifth best team in the SEC. How concerned are you about the quarterback position? I'd be a lot more concerned if I were you about what you saw from the offensive line. Quarterbacks never had a shot the other night. Mm-hmm. Never had a shot. And one guy gets hurt uh, because of uh, – basically a, a guy not getting picked up and then gets put back in there and a guy doesn't get picked up and the guy, you know, flattens Devin Brown when he had the courage to go back in there, if that's what you call playing quarterback. The offensive line <clears throat> was an abomination. Uh, I don't know how anybody could play quarterback the other night with that kind of offensive line in front of it. Like it had, like it not only did never seen blitzes, it didn't even anticipate like things like like twists and stunts and blitzes mm-hmm. were going to be coming at them, having a first time starting quarterback back there, and then finally having a freshman back there. I don't lay that on the quarterbacks at all. I don't think you got any kind of like. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the massive no. uh, roadkill. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody can get a grip on on how good Devin Brown is or how good Lincoln Keynos is based on what they dealt with the other night. I mean, it was. It was. I, I was tweeting about it through the game. This was awful. And of course, they they made the experiment of moving Matt Jones to center that night and starting Enoch Bimahe, Bimahi, uh, and then benching Carson Hensman. Uh, that was the first question I asked uh, Ryan Day when it became my turn in the post game. In the post game uh, press conference, and he didn't really give a clear answer except that uh, they just thought that that the last couple of weeks 
of, of postseason practice. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know why about halfway through the game, they didn't go back to their original lineup. So I, I am not going to base it. I'm not going to even make a judgment for you on the quarterback situation based on what I saw the other night, because that was an aberration and there was an aberration caused by the offensive line. Let's look at it this next way question. then. Let's, let's look at it this way. <laughs> I got the next question for you. Uh, you know, somebody's got to be the full guy here, whether or not Ryan Day wanted to bench a guy on that offensive line or not. I agree with you. They were terrible. That team's running zero blitz, zero coverage, and you didn't have yeah. time to breathe, and you didn't have Marvin Harrison to throw the ball to. Okay, we get that. Well, not that, but you weren't even calling plays. You, you didn't even have a blitz control uh, right going for you. I At- mean – Right on down the line. Go ahead. Now. So, so here's my here's my question. Then somebody has to be held accountable, whether it's Justin Fry, the offensive line coach, or Ryan Day. My real question is this: and I want to take you back to your podcast you do with Urban Meyer. Uh, does he express any thoughts on the preparation of that team and get that team ready to go out and lay an egg like that, not only against Missouri, but even against that team up north in Michigan too? Well, uh, well, no. I mean, I think. It- I'm sorry. I was watching. I was watching which X I was supposed to take That's here. A tough question, Timmy. Uh, I get it. Urban Meyer. Does he want to coach again? I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've ever driven in Dallas Fort Worth area, but it's like sorting spaghetti as you go through <laughs> these uh, exchanges uh, while you're also trying to be uh, entertaining on a talk show. Uh, yeah, I mean that's why you're yeah, the Urban, best. You're ambidextrous. You, know, you can do that. Urban Urban will tell you straight up. I mean it's uh, the. Uh, the, he'll tell you straight up that the uh, responsibility lays at the head coach's feet. And then from there on, you know, then he kicks it to wherever uh, he thinks it belongs. You know, we're going to see in the next week or two what Ryan Day really thinks yeah. of certain situations on his football team and whether they, they do need to be addressed. Like I just told you, I, I mean, I like Justin Fry a lot. Uh, but that was a fail uh, the mm-hmm. other night on, on the offensive line. And then, you know, people can say, well, Corey Dennis, you know, well, Corey Dennis coaches the quarterbacks, not the offensive line. You know, you, uh, it, it, the options, in my opinion, weren't there for the quarterback. So, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what, how to answer it except for that. Ryan Day understands where the, where the responsibility lays. It lays at his feet. And now we'll see what he does. The thing that bothers me about Ryan Day is this, and whether this is fair or not fair, uh, Tim May, it's, I think, how you're judged at Ohio State, not beating Rutgers, Michigan State, uh, not beating Maryland, right? Even Penn State, for that matter. It's how do you do against Michigan? How do you do in the bowl games or the college football playoffs? And as great as Ryan Day's record is, 56-8, and 39-3 in the Big Ten uh, in the bowl games, uh, in the college football playoffs against Michigan, he has losing records. My question to you is, and you've been around this program longer than, than anybody I know, at what point will they pull the plug on Ryan Day? Will they give him the, the rope that they gave uh, John Cooper? which was 13 years, will he get that long? Or is next year the year where if he loses to Michigan uh, again, he's on the outs? Yeah, I don't like to make those judgments, uh, Roadmaster. I just don't, I mean, uh, my feeling is, my feeling is he's definitely got this year to get to get that stuff straightened out. And uh, believe me, if they could play, if they could have played Michigan the next week, he would have signed up for it. The problem is you've got like 11 more games to go through before you get the before you get that uh, 
rematch with Michigan again. So you can't, everything can't just be that because that's one game a year. I mean, look, look at Michigan sticking with, uh, look at Michigan sticking with Jim Harbaugh, you know, right. uh, turned out to be the right move. But three years ago, they were almost trying to run him off. So you, you never know what's coming around the corner when it comes to college football. Uh, and that may be a cliche, but it ought to be taken to heart. Uh, nobody knows better than Ryan Day, you know, what, what pressure he is under. And, and that goes for his coaching staff. They're paid extremely well. But if you just make it always a money thing, well, he's getting paid this, so he should be doing this. Uh, you know, if he was making $50,000 a year, he'd be wanting to beat Michigan. That's not changing anything. So, uh, 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 you know, getting me and you and others getting exercised about it doesn't do any good about it. But the bottom line is we all know they've got to get this straightened out. And the postseason, uh, the postseason is what it is. You know, uh, his losses, uh, three of his losses are in the college football playoff, and, uh, and one was to Missouri. So, you know what I mean? Tim, I'm watching these games the last uh, couple of days. Not a lot of these bowl games, but a few of them. And from what I see, J.J. McCarthy's a nice quarterback. Milrow, I really wasn't that impressed, other than the fact that he's probably the best athlete on the field. In other words, he can run, but he can't throw for, I can't say it on the radio either, because I'll say a bad word. My, my point wait, 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 is, who can't throw? Who can't throw? I, I didn't see too much uh, from Milrow. Maybe he was just shell-shocked oh, because of that defensive throw. pass yeah, rush. Yeah, they, Michigan had a great game plan against those guys. I mean, Milrow can throw. Like you're saying, from an accuracy standpoint, could he be a lot better passer? Absolutely. Right. He's a, a great deep ball thrower. Well, uh, but, but, yeah, go ahead, Doc. Well, my, my, my main concern is this. I look at the Ohio State quarterback problem, and it, and it is a problem because you had a kid get into the transfer portal who was number two in passing in the Big Ten this past season. Whether you like him or not, Kyle McCord threw for over 3,000 yards and he had 25 touchdown passes. But he's throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr., and I get that. But the problem is this. If those people that don't like Kyle McCord say, well, why didn't Devin Brown start in front of him? And I understand Devin Brown is an injury waiting to happen. Do we have the next starting quarterback here now that Kyle McCord is leaving? And what have you heard about Will Howard, Kansas State? Are we going to get another quarterback in the transfer portal? Are we moving forward with Devin Brown? Wow. We got to move forward with Devin Brown because he's the one on campus now. But uh, and uh, Lincoln Keynos, and don't forget Aaron Nolan, who might be the who know who knows might be the second coming of Michael Penix Jr. because he's left-handed. He's got that going for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as yeah. transfer portal, yeah, I think there's an effort being made. We'll see how far it goes with getting a kid from Kansas State. Uh, Devin Brown three years ago was considered a hell of a pickup, you know, yeah. and so was Cal McCord before that. Uh, were y'all singing Cal McCord's praises after the Michigan game? I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. Nope. No. Were y'all singing his no, praises not me. after? I wasn't after, a McCord fan uh, right. at all. So you can't. Yeah, and I'm not saying this. I'm not just saying. I'm not saying this to y'all specifically. I'm saying this. You can't change your tune. You know what I mean? I mean, that's my point. Cal McCord. Cal McCord is pretty damn good. You yeah, know? That, that, well, yeah. Cal McCord was pretty damn good. Tim, my point and, uh, is this though, and, and I got to cut you off. If people didn't like Kyle McCord, why wasn't Devin Brown able to beat him out? Well, you were, you noticed, but uh, they brought they were bringing Devin Brown along. He was inconsistent in preseason camp. Some days he was okay. ahead of 
right. Kyle McCord. Some okay. days he wasn't. Then they had to go with a starter because they're going to play Notre Dame in four weeks. And that starter beat Notre Dame. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they wanted to get Devin Brown into the attack somehow, some way. That's why they came up with that package for him against Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically uh, a wildcat package for him in the red zone. And then they were going to work him more into the lineup. Anybody could see that. And then all of a sudden, what his first carry against Penn State, of what the next week, he suffers a high ankle sprain, and that ruined that plan. Okay. So, you know, you got you got to take everything into consideration when you say what you think the intentions were of the coaching staff. From my vantage point, being around Ryan Day and these guys a lot, my reading of the tea leaves were they were going to get him more involved and make it because there was stuff being left on the table offensively. They were doing well, but not great by any stretch offensively. I mean, this was a low-scoring Ohio State football team in terms of touchdowns compared to the last many years. Uh, and Ryan Day wants touchdowns. And Kyle McCord wasn't necessarily delivering touchdowns, especially against, you know, better defenses. So there was a movement already afoot to get Devin Brown more involved. And then, boom, he suffers that ankle sprain of his right ankle. Then he gets healed. And he gets to start the other night, and a quarter into the game, he suffers a high ankle sprain of his left ankle. So, you know, sometimes things just happen, and that's that's what happened, and you pick up the pieces and move on. But, yeah, they're, I think they're actively looking. They're not going to just take any quarterback. Tristan Jebbia was brought in as basically an insurance piece, and then the other night when you maybe could have used him, uh, Lincoln Tinos goes in the game. So, why, said, Tim? That that was going to be a question. I I wanted to know hey, why because he has well, more experience, Gabby, in playing in college football games, and especially in that situation. I put that on Ryan Day. Why why did he not at least give Gabby a chance? Day, Ryan Day was asked after the game about that, and basically he just said that was their call. They wanted to put Lincoln Tinos in, which which we had heard that Lincoln Tinos was probably running second in the drills anyway throughout uh, pre bowl practice because. He was, you know, going into the season next year, he's going to be your ipso facto backup. So that's why. But like you just said, there were some things that were done in that game, which I didn't quite understand, sending him into the game at the five-yard line. That was quite quite the uh, – and then the second time he gets in the game, he's at the 10-yard line. Uh, I'm talking about coming out, not going in. Uh, right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Ryan Day just basically, in essence, was telling us that was his call. And that is what it is. So, you know, these guys do have the right to make their own calls and then maybe explain them later, maybe not. I think uh, basically I would say when it came to the switch at center and not switching back and the sending uh, Lincoln Keynotes in and not Christian Jebbia, pretty much Ryan Day just preferred not to tell you exactly why that was done. Yeah, I'm, I'm under the impression there had to be some kind of disciplinary action going on uh, on one of those and then the other was they what else are we going to do i mean they they evidently thought uh lincoln tinos gave them a better chance than tristan jebbia it is what it is wow. that game's over yeah it is and ryan day's got to look in the mirror and answer questions uh to himself about some of the decisions he yeah. made with the, well, the style of practices leading up to that as well as the in-game decisions uh, that he made there that obviously did not work out. Hey, Tim, we always love having you on. Uh, the insight is always great. The conversation is fantastic. Thanks for making time for us here on the Kenny and JT Show. Happy New Year. And uh, who do you like real quick in the national championship game? Dude, I'm going to stick with the, 
the guy and the team I've liked all along, and that's uh, Michael Penix Jr. in Washington, has nothing to do with what do you call call it the team up north. Mm. I just like Odunzi. That wide receiver is ridiculous. They've also got a wide receiver from my hometown of Lufkin, Texas. I think i got to go with Washington for all kinds of reasons. Tim, thanks so much. Enjoy right. the game on Monday. We'll hey. talk again soon and throughout the new yeah. year. Roadkill, did you catch up? Did you catch my thing there? WHBC. Remember that? BC, from, uh, yes, I did. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. That would be Pig I, I, Vomit I, I, from the Howard Stern I, Show, right? Pig Howard Vomit, Stern I believe, Show, is what yeah. his nickname was. Yeah. Wait, what? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> I said that was Pig Vomit from uh, the, the yeah. Howard Stern movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Paul Giamatti. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, outstanding. Right, Tim, you're the best. Thanks, buddy. Drive safely. Thank you, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> He's driving all over Texas. He's fired up, man. <laughs>